but such as it is. All right. Well, today we are continuing in Genesis. Uh, bring this back up here. Does anyone remember what chapter? I marked that we were ready for Jacob's flocks or whatever. 3025. 3025? Oh, okay. Yes. So Jacob has Jacob has been duped. Correct? Oh, they had all the kids. They had that little like have the kids off. Yeah. Are you recording it for Yes I am. <laughs> All right, so yep, 30.25. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served you, and let me go. For you will very well, for you know very well that's the service I have given you. But Laban said to him, If you allow me to say so, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages, and I will give it. Jacob said to him, You yourself know how I have served you, and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now, when I shall provide for my own household also, he said, What shall I give you? Jacob replied, you shall not give me anything. If you will not do this for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later, when you came, come to look into my wages with you. Everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and Black among the lambs, if found with me, shall be counted stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats and were stripped and, that were stripped and spotted, and the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it, and every lamb that was black, and put them in, his, in charge of his sons. And he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain, and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the rods. He set the rods that he peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs, that is, the watering places, where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the rods. And so the flocks produced young that were stripped, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the stripped and the completely black animals in the flock of Laban. And he put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob laid the rods in the troughs before the eyes of the flock, that they might breed among the rods. But for the feebler of the flock, he did not lay them there. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man grew exceedingly rich and had large flocks and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys. Uh, he's still cheating there. Is, that... Is he cheating there? Well, now let me straighten me out on this one. This is a complicated thing, I think, if you're not into animal husbandry. 
No, um, no, I understand the animal. That's what they care. I don't understand that part. But, um, Jacob is, he has the blessing, right? Yes. And so Laban, well, let's see, uh, here, uh, Jacob took the first rod to the father. Hmm. So what it says here that, that Jacob got the speckled and spotted and black ones, but then Laban said he removed all the male goats that were streaked or spotted and all the speckled or spotted female goats right. and all the dark-colored lambs and placed them in the care of his sons. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about the breeding of goats flocks <laughs> to know what's really going on here. Um, it's My reckoning is that Laban tried to trick Jacob, and it worked out for Jacob anyway. But I might be wrong, because I'm not sure exactly what's Jacob going Jacob makes it work out for himself by what he does. But I don't know how. <laughs> I know that's what happened. I'm pretty sure I know that's what's happening. But, you know, sometimes when you're dealing with things written thousands of years ago, I, I don't know, maybe a farmer would know what's going on here. I don't know what the, what the rods do for the breeding. Well, no, what that what those are doing is uh, moving them in a particular direction so they can only associate with one another and therefore they can only breed. Ah, yes. So, so like stronger or only stronger together. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, what? A black and white one is not as good as a black one? Well, I guess you want the spotless, you want the spotless lamb, right? That's how it's always described. The lamb that was spotless, so it's also speckleless. So it's considered a more mm. perfect lamb I've and animal one. for sacrifice. I don't think I've ever seen a black lamb. But I guess there are black lambs. Sure there were, yeah. But these would be the, so it's the prettiest ones. The prettiest and strongest ones because they'd be the best for sacrifice and they fetch the best price. It's kind. I guess it's kind of like... You know how they say we're too picky about fruit? Mm -hmm. That, you know, Americans would go into a grocery store and if the fruit has imperfections, we won't buy it, even though it really doesn't matter. I think that's kind of what's going on here with these, with the way they treated these goats and lambs. That the more, the more pristine it was, the, the better it was considered. I think both yes. ceremonially and just in their economy. So, so somehow Laban, or excuse me, Jacob winds up breeding all these However he does it, strong and, but they're also spotted. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Let's just continue. We'll look this up All some right. other time. 30, can someone pick up a 31? Okay, I will. Okay. Now, Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's, and from what was our father's, he has gained all this wealth. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him with favor as before. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah uh, into the field where his flock was, and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me with favor as he did before. 
But the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength. Yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God did not permit him to harm me. If, he said, the spotted shall be yours wages, then all the flock bore spotted. And if, he said, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus, God was taken away and the cattle of your father and given them to me. In the mating season of the flocks, I lifted up my eyes and saw in a dream that the he-goats, which leaped upon the flock, were stripped, striped, spotted, and uh, mocked. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up your eyes and see all the goats that leap upon the flock are striped, spotted, and mocked. For I have seen all of that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you may anointed a pillar and made the vow to me. Now arise, go forth from this, this land and return to the land of your birth. Then Rachel and Leah answered him, Is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he was sold, for he sold us, and he has been using up the money given for us. All the property which God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. And now then, whatever God has said to you, do, said to you, do. So Jacob arose and set his sons and his wives on camels, and he drove away all his cattle. All this livestock which he had gained cattle in his possessions, which he had acquired in uh, Padalum Aram, to go to the land of Canaan, to his father, Isaac. Laban had gone to shear his sheep, and Rachel sold her father's household goods. Wait a minute, did I miss something here? No, that's what it says. Household gods. Amen. Household gods, yes, not goods. To the land of Canaan, gone to share sheep. I thought I turned two pages. So that was nineteen. And Rachel told her father's household hold goods, gods, gods. And Jacob outwitted Laban, the Aramean, in that he did not tell. him him that he intended to flee. He fled with all that he had and rose and crossed the Euphrates and set his face toward the hill country of Gilead. All right. Um, so Jacob leaves. Okay. I mean, it's, it take a long way to get around. God tells him. And, and he and, the, and his wives, Laban's daughters, kind of had enough. It's, it's time to go. And, uh, and that's what they do. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Okay. Laban, Laban is not 
Jacob has a promise. Yes. Laban does not. Yep. So the girls go with him. Yep. Jacob. Oh, yeah, there's wives. Well, yeah, there's wives now. Yeah, they can't stay. Can't stay. Yep. And um, so when there's this, it it ends, though, with this um, image of, you know, Laban goes out to share sheep. Rachel steals her father's household gods. What what do we think of that? There's, there their images and, and things like that. They're, yeah, we know we thought, yeah, they're probably little statues, mm-hmm. right? Um, but what, what do we make of that? He wasn't serving the same God that Jacob's serving. Right, so we know that, right? Yeah, that um, it's a, it's not a, it's not a family. Yes. Um, and this, this opens up a very interesting way of understanding, you know, what the relationship was between the early Israelites and the idea of polytheism. Um, Because even within the Psalms and certainly within uh, early, the early parts of scripture, Genesis and up through Exodus, um, there are, there is a recognition in a sense of God's and that the gods have some sort of power. They're not. They're not as now. Now there was. A, there are a lot of parts of um, Judaism that'll that'll say, well, now it's always been monotheistic, um, and even Christianity. You now it's always monotheistic, but there's clearly a understanding that there is some sort of other powerful gods of other nations early on. Um, you know, so, and it depends, once we get into Exodus, there's two ways to read it um, and interpret it. So when Pharaoh calls his, um, when Pharaoh calls his ch- kind of chief priests, right? Um, sometimes we render that as like, it's it's magic. They're doing magic tricks. Um, but other times, and I, th- I tend to believe that when it looks at the, at what's going on, that they were saying, no, these people were kind of calling on their gods, and their gods did these things. But their god isn't as powerful as our god. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it becomes sort of stridently monotheistic eventually. But early on, there's a recognition, at least in the minds of the, the writers, that you know we have God, and God created the heavens and the earth. God is the kind of the god, the big G god. But these other nations kind of have these other gods and powers too that they can tap into um otherwise there's really no far less of a risk of idolatry or other god worship if there are no other gods now paul eventually gets to this right so this is way in the future but paul in the epistles sort of mentions well you know they're worshiping um you know, yes, this meat is sacrificed to the worship of idols, but those idols aren't real anyway, so it doesn't matter, right? So Paul, by the year 60, 70, is stridently monotheistic. There is only God, and God's the only God, and that's all you have to worry about. And if people are sacrificing meats to idols, it doesn't matter. But here at this point, there's there's generally more of a, 
a leeway for acknowledging the gods and, and forces, spiritual forces of other nations. Well, now there still were the Sahidi, you know, that, that, that were in Syria, that they attacked. The, yeah, the, oh, the, the, the yeah, 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 that group. Easter, and they have, you know, they had their own gods. Right. And, and religion. And, God, and, 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 and religion and gods were very much related to groups of people. Mm -hmm. It's just there wasn't the wholesale sort of rejection of the idea that you could have your own gods and maybe your gods are something real or your ability to tap into some sort of, um, like Laban says, he does divination. He, you know, spiritually reads. Well, it's not through the God of Jacob, right? It's through this different sort of thing. So, so if, but, it, but Rachel's stealing these household gods. Right? She's not ready to give up the old life. So that's one way to look at it right now. So maybe she's taking the gods because why? She, she doesn't have as much trust in Jacob's God. Ah, connect. You're right. She wants to stay connected to her household. That could be one way to look at it. What else? She's taking them from her father. <laughs> to, he's taking his power away. Taking his power away. Yeah. So that's another way. So it's interesting. Two very different ways we could read this right now. Right. She's either taking his power away, taking his gods out of the household. So. It's going to be devoid of, of the power of gods. Um, or she's, you know, wanting to take a little bit of her home religion with her. Um, who's, who is Rachel in the story so far? Rachel. Out of the two sisters. Well, she was the preferred. She's, okay. Yeah. She's yeah. the younger one. Yep. She's the younger one. She's the one that's preferred by Jacob. She's the one that's... Uh, also kind of duped in a sense if she likes jacob jacob really likes her they're going to get married jacob works seven years and then sorry leah's got to go first so i don't know i and i don't it's it's the fun thing is i don't remember where this comes back to or if this gets touched on again but i would lean a little bit more to she's kind of getting back at her dad but we'll see if that's where it goes but it's it's clearly mentioned or that she takes these with her. And I don't, we, we've touched on this already a little bit in, uh, in terms of the wives that we've had already, but this certainly becomes more a pronounced thing. Um, what's the problem with foreign wives? They're not of the right line. Well, she, she's of the right ethnic line, line, actually. But ultimately, what becomes the problem with foreign wives? You guys remember? Right. They bring they bring their gods and that challenges God. There was also that common concern of well, what happens to our daughters? That's the pragmatic and practical concern. But the greater concern is, you marry all these foreign women, they bring their wives in, or they bring their their religions in, and they they displace God. So there's almost like a little. Because remember, this is this is both real time and being written as a remembrance from a people that have this clear image of I don't know about that, you know, like. Here's, here we go. Here's a foreign wife being brought back into the Holy Land. She's bringing, uh-oh, she's bringing household gods. That's, that might not be, so there's kind of that little red indicator warning light just from this little, this little bit here. Okay. Continuing in verse 22. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he took his kinsfolk with him 
and pursued him for seven days until he caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, Take heed that you do not, that you say not a word to Jacob, either good or bad. Laban overtook Jacob. Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban and his kinfolk camped in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me and carried away my daughters like captives of the sword. Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and not tell me? I would have sent you away with mirth and songs, with tambourine and lyre. <laughs> get rid of me. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. No, he wanted to leave. He yeah, already he tried to leave. He said, I want to go. But he wouldn't do it. So now apparently he changes his tune. Um, and why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? What you have done is foolish. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Take heed that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. Even though you had to go because you longed greatly for your father's house, why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. But anyone with whom you you find your gods shall not live in the presence of our kinsfolk. Point out what I have that is yours and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two maids, but he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. Laban felt all about in the tent, but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let not my lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of women is upon me. So he searched, but he did not find the household gods. Then Jacob became angry and upbraided Laban. La Jacob said to Laban, What is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? Although you have felt about through all my goods, what have you found of your household gods? Set it here before my kinsfolk and your kinsfolk, so that they may decide between us two. These twenty years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried, and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. That which was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. Of my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. It was like this with me. By day the heat consumed me, and the cold by night, and my sleep fled from my eyes. These twenty years I have been in your house. I have served you fourteen years for your two daughters, and six years for your flock. And you have changed my wages ten times. The God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac, had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty-handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. Then Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, and the children are my children, and the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. But what can I do today about these daughters of mine, or about their children whom they have borne? Come now. Let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsfolk, 
gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And they ate together there by the heap. Laban called it Jager Saradutha, but Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. Therefore he called it Galid, and the pillar Mitzpah, for he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. If you ill treat my daughters, or if you take wives in addition to my daughters, Though no one else is with us, remember that God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and see this pillar, which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness, and the pillar is a witness, that I will not pass between this heap to you, and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us, so Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac, and Jacob offered a sacrifice on the height and called his kinsfolk to eat the bread. And they ate bread and tarried all night in the hill country. Early in the morning, Laban rose and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he departed and returned home. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. And he called the, that place Mahanan. Oh, can someone pick up at verse 3? <laughs> and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed until now, and I have oxen, asses, flocks, men servants, and maidservants, and I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, Wow, I'm having trouble reading. Um, we came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies, thinking, if Esau comes to the one company and destroys it, then the company which is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who did say to me, return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which thou hast shown to thy servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and slay us all, the mothers with the children. But thou didst say, I will do you good, and make your descendants as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude. So he lodged there that, that night and took from what he had and took from what he had with him a present for his brother Esau, two hundred she goats and twenty he goats, two hundred ewes and twenty rams, thirty milch camels and their colts, forty cows and ten bulls, twenty she asses and ten he asses. These he delivered into the hand of his servants, each drove by, the, by itself and said to his servants, Pass on before me and put a space between 
drove and drove. He instructed the foremost, when Esau, my brother, meets you and asks you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these before you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my Lord Esau, and moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes before me. And afterwards I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on before him and he himself lodged that night in the camp. Keep going. Uh, yeah. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two maids, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and Jacob's thigh was put out of joint as he wrestled with them. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel, where you have striven with God and with man and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Tell me, I pray, your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Pen Penuel, limping because of his thigh. Therefore to this day the Israelites do not eat the sinew of the hip, which is upon the hollow of the thigh because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh on the sinew of the hip. So this is the famous Jacob wrestling and, and renaming portion. Um, thoughts about this? Who is Jacob wrestling? Angel of God. Yeah, angel of God. Or, no, he... He, he declares it to be God. He said, wrestled with God. Yeah, and that's a, that, that name that he has named Israel means to, well, it's an interesting word. The one who strives with God. Right, and with men, but with God. That's right, it does say with God, doesn't it? Yeah. I always thought of it as an angel, but it's not what it says. It says God. Well, that part does. Um, yeah. I mean, it's... It, it's undefined. I think... Most commonly, it's not... It's assumed that it's an angel. Um, you couldn't really wrestle with God in that way, necessarily. Or... That even if God is interacting with that, there's still some sort of physical intermediary. But anyway, that gets into too much. Um, what's it mean to What's it mean to strive with God? I 
Well, from the implication of what's said here, it means to fight with them physically. Uh, mm. But I don't think, I don't really think they mean just physically. I think it, uh, uh, because he's maybe tried to out outsmart God, and uh, then he has actually physically fought with the angel or with God, uh, and uh, has held his own. Mm. But even when he was now, are we saying that his hip was broken, or? Well, it's kind of dis dislodged, disjointed at the at the thigh and the hip. Um, but there's so yeah, there's the, there's the physical nature of it. Um, it's almost like Jacob was left alone, and the man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint. As he wrestled with him, then he said, let me go for the day is breaking. Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Um, so what, what are they doing up there? Right? How's it described as what they're doing? The activity they're engaged in. Struggling over who's going to win. The struggle. Or hold out. Win, hold out. Yeah. What? So, well, let's put it this way. What's not? What are they not doing to each other? Blessing each other. Well, but they're, they're, so they're in this fight, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not a. It's not a fight in terms of they're not trying to kill each other. It's a wrestling match. It's a wrestling match. Show of strength, maybe. Yeah, it's a contest. It's, it's a contest. It's not a, it's, it's not a matter of trying to kill one or the other, right? Um, in fact, what's the, what's the stipulation? So, you know, you get, they've been, they've been struggling against each other. Who's going to, who's going to submit? Who's going to win? Um, to the point when it's, <laughs> you know, the, the angel of God sort of has to take a cheap shot and, uh, and dislodges his, his hip and his thigh, and um, and Jacob doesn't, which you can imagine, horribly painful, mm -hmm. right? But Jacob doesn't give up and let him go. Angel thought this would, okay, I'm going to do this, this will be it. Now, now I'll break him. He doesn't break, right? And um, and what's his, what's his, what's Jacob's um, offer to the, to the angel? It's after yet another blessing. Bless me. Ah, <laughs> another blessing. How many has he taken already? He's taken his father's. He's taken, uh, well, he took the birthright. He took the, he took the, uh, the blessing. And now he's, he wants to take the blessing more directly from God. Um, so it is a, it is a contest, um, it is perhaps a test, right? And he's renamed because of it. So this is kind of the blessing. And of course, this name for Jacob will become what? 
the name of all the the name of God's people. And and interestingly enough, so God has chosen and blessed this people. And what what by their name and by this story do we know about them? I'm not sure what your question is. So what's what's the name mean? What's Israel mean? Oh, um, you have striven with God and men and right. have, and prevailed. The, the one who the one who Prevails. strives with God. The one who strives with God. The one who strives with God. So then, who are the Israelites? The people who strive, the sons of the men, or the people who strive with God. The people, yeah. So, what's their relationship going to be? Has it's already been and will continue to be what? It's a struggle. It's a struggle. It's contested. Um, and this is who God chooses. This is who God has chosen. These people that are just going to be um, constantly struggling and wrestling with and and contending with God. And their neighbors. Hmm? Yeah, but the. Yeah, they well, they will be, but the but is is the the name doesn't have to do with that. The name doesn't have to do with that. The name is just about this relationship they have with God, this contested relationship. What a! I I just think it's so interesting that the people that are going to be the light to all the nations, the people that are going to be the, um, you know. The, the carriers of, and the, uh, of truth and, and the people that are going to be God's chosen people are people that what? Struggle with God. Struggle with God. Yeah. Just, I, I, I just, I love that. And maybe it's partly God saying, well, I gave you the blessing. I guess I'm stuck with you and this is who you people are. Um, and I'm just, I'm renaming you because I've accepted it. He gave uh, them free will, and he knows that's what they're going to do. Well, or maybe it's the kind of people that that God, not needed is the right word, but that, that match this God um, and who the, and the attributes of this God and who this God is. Um, you know, not every, not every best relationship is... Um, completely utterly harmonious. In fact, those would be boring. It's often the tension that, that creates um, true meaning in our relationships at times. And you don't want acrimony all the time in any relationship, but um, you know, two people that think exactly the same way on everything all the time would be a very strange relationship. Right? You need that, you need a little bit of that kind of yin and yang quality, I think. And, uh, and even God with God's people has that. There's going to be that dynamic of God's still going to be God, but it's, it's going to be contested. It's, there's going to be a contest over it. And he's, his ways are not our ways. They're not, they're not the same ways. So they're obviously going to be struggling sometimes. Yeah. Yes. And. Yeah, because uh, later we'll find that they want a king. You know, like other nations have and this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And God is supposed to be their right. king. But they give way and, and have a king. And that doesn't last too long. It doesn't do too well. 
Right. And and obviously we don't get to that in Genesis, but what is what is God's response to them when they want a king? Even though they shouldn't have one. He gives them to him. He gives them to him, right? So there's this there's this um I don't know you want to call it push and pull or something else, but there's this active relationship, real relationship, right. not just um not just placid sort of devotion, but this actual sort of um struggling at times relationship with God that God's people have and, and that this God seems to accept. And you just don't set the image up there and go and worship it occasionally. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it's it's and, active in your life. It's, it's active in your you life. Can, you know, you put up food and this sort of thing and then you put up more food and, and uh, maybe jewels and, and other kinds of things that you have. Yeah, no, that's a great quote. Because what is, I mean... This is the God. Remember, all these stories kind of, you have this flow from more of the second story of creation. Remember, all the way back, to start with that second story. First story of creation, now eh, you get the six days. It's kind of ethereal and God's up there speaking. Second story of creation, that's where all the generations flow from. God's there working, living in the garden, working in the mud and the clay to form all this, everything that is and all the people. Um, so God is intimately involved in, in that portion of creation. God is seemingly in the form of angels traveling along and hosted by um, hosted by Abraham and greeted by them. God is in the form of something here wrestling physically with Jacob. This is a close God um, to God's people. Right, so that's a great point. This is, this is not just the distant, distant God, and we see that build all the way up until you get what you get a God that becomes incarnate, and and not, um, physically immortal, in in the form of Jesus. Right, so that's that's sort of that natural progression of a God that's that's right there, um, involved in this. So yeah, let's see where we're at. Uh, all right, let's 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 get through the end of thirty-three, and then we'll we'll call it a day. Now Jacob, oh no, wait, yeah. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming, uh oh, and four hundred men with him. <laughs> Double uh oh. Um, so he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and and the two maids. Oh, that's right. Don't forget that the maids also have their kids, um, sort of. And he put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph. Last of all, he himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself on the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And finally Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. Esau said, When did you mean, what did you mean by all this company that I have met? Jacob answered, To find favor with my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, no, please, if I find favor with you, then accept my present from my land, from my hand. 
For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God, since you have received me with such favor. Please accept my gift that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have everything I want. So he urged him, and Esau took it. Then Esau said, Let us journey on our way, and I will go alongside you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail, and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. And if they are overdriven for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant, and I will lead on slowly, according to the pace of the cattle that are before me, and according to the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Esau said, Let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, Why should my Lord be so kind to me? So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth and built himself a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore, the place is called Sukkoth. Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem, which in the land of Canaan, on his way from Paddan Aram, and he camped before the city. And from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, he bought for 100 pieces of money the lot of land on which he had pitched his tent. There he erected an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. How about that Esau? What a man. What a guy. Yeah. Well, now wait a minute. Esau was Jacob's brother. Yep. The and one he, that the one that he stole from. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Took his birthright when he was hungry and then stole his blessing. And um, and for the first oh, weeks or months, Esau was described as being mad enough that he was, oh, what was what was the term? He was sort of feasting mentally on the image of killing his brother. Um, that's how we left mm -hmm. Esau. And uh, and but that was twenty years ago. Right. And uh, time heals all wounds. So they say yes. Time heals wounds. That's part of it. Um, what else, though? Remember that one little nugget we got about Esau? Other than it being kind of a dupe or a big hairy hunter. He's the firstborn. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the firstborn, but about his wives and, and their relationship to his parents. Ah, uh, yes. Remember that? That was last he, week? He took foreign wives. He took the foreign wives, and his, they drove mom and dad nuts, mm -hmm. but Esau didn't know this. He, had, he just he didn't know it. But when he learned about it, he wanted to kind of correct it because he didn't want to be a burden to his parents. You remember that? that I was, don't remember that. was that. last week. It was, it was a very brief sort of, oh, let's see if we can find that real quick. It's one of the few um, things we kind of hear about Esau. Well, Abraham's still alive, so it's before then. Oh, too far. Uh, they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebecca, yeah. yeah Something here it is. about. At the end of 26. End of 26. No, no, no. That's saying that he has the wives. Um, 
Oh, okay, so 28, verse 6. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Patamaran to take a wife from there. And that as he blessed him, he charged him, you shall not marry one of the Canaanite women. And that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Patamaran. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please his father Isaac, Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalatha, daughter of Abraham's son Ishmael, and sister of Nebaioth, to be his wife in addition to the wives that he had. So he didn't... He didn't... He didn't um, divorce those women. Or no, he's not, he's not going to do that. But He added somebody to sort of... That they would like more. Surprise. That they would like more. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he wasn't a bad guy. Um, and and we ultimately get, and that's kind of, is that the last we get of him actually? He's so mad, he's chasing after, um, yeah, so that's it. So, and, and there's, it's something worthwhile to take note of that, you know, we get this image of him, he's foolish, okay, then he's, the blessing's stolen and he's just absolutely out of his wits, furious at Jacob and, and wants to kill him. And then the last thing we learn about him is that when he found out that Isaac was sent away to go marry a wife, he learned that his parents didn't like these Canaanite women. So he marries, he finds a daughter of Ishmael to marry. And that's the last we hear about him for 20 years. So the last impression we get of him is one of consideration and caring and, and kind of as a good guy. Um, obviously, Jacob doesn't know this. So it's, it's one of those things where we as the readers get that little glimpse that maybe when we get to hear the part of the story about when Esau shows up with 400 guys, it might not turn out that bad. Uh, but he's, Esau's scared out of his wits. Um, but we as, we as readers knowing a little bit more about Esau, not, not as much, maybe, if, if we remember that part of the story. Um, it sounds like, too, that, that he had been blessed maybe through this wife he took the, the right track because he, he reports he has lots of herds and and everything as well. He did well. Mm-hmm. He, he did well overall and he is... Um, and he was a hunter originally and now he's become a farmer. Hmm. 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 Because it says that he was out oh, yeah. hunting. Yeah. He's, he's, he's wild. Yeah. To get the food. To get the food. To make the stew. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. That is. If he has all the herds and everything, then he yeah, settled they, down. Yeah, but if he, he stays there with, with them, so he probably inherits what they have left. Right. So he had to become. <laughs> he says, I have enough. Yeah. But they're going to go back to the land that originally was given them. Yes. Yep. And he is, well, and the other thing I would say to to kind of wrap it up for Esau here, um, he's kind of spared the burden. And you wonder if he came to appreciate that. Um, It's not easy being, as as I had a pastor once say to me, um, if, if God chooses you and communicates with you directly, 
be on your guard because the Bible has many stories about people like that. And it's a tough life. Um, and that would have been Esau, right? Esau would have been the one maybe to have that, to be in line for that. Uh, but instead he just gets to be big and awesome and hunt and becomes rich. And, and it was a job, it was a task that he was not, I wonder if in his consideration, he came to understand that he had, of course, wanted the blessing because it should have been the way that, that it goes. But that if he came to appreciate that it wasn't for him, and so he was better off without it. Um, there, there are times when we can want something. In the end, he was blessed. In the end, that was his blessing. Not to, not to be the one that... Had to carry all the burden. Yeah. Yeah, that that mm. wasn't for him. Um, all right, we'll keep going next week. Before we end, the Lord be with you. And the Lord be with you. God, we give you thanks for the Holy Scriptures. Continue to open our hearts and our minds that we might better understand you and our faith. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Bye, Jean. Bye.